0: Johnny Dollar, Pat McCracken, Johnny, Universal Adjustment Bureau. Well, greetings, master. And now, what's that supposed to mean? Oh, just being polite when I see a nice fat commission about to come my way. You know something? You clear this one up for me, and maybe it could involve a sizable commission. Ah, uh, the sound of sweet music wafts to my ears. Who, what, when, where, and why, Pat? Uh, only answer to them, Johnny. All right, what? What and where? Ever hear of the Rochemont necklace? I never. Well, you should have. But come on over to my office, I'll tell you about it. Missing? That's right, missing. From where? I'll tell you about it. Oh, it's a width. I mean, unless it's pretty valuable, What's there's a no sense... difference? Sen- Your commission may be a sizable one. How much, Pat? Come on over. How much? Well... Okay. The necklace is insured for exactly $321,000. What? That's right, three hundred and twenty-one thousand. dollars Okay, baby, I'm on my ever-loving way. <laughs> to the Universal Adjustment Bureau Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the super salesman matter. As always, the promise of a big commission did sound like sweet music to me. So, expense account item one is a buck and a quarter for cab to the Office of Universal Adjustment and the Spear Building down on the square where Pat was waiting for. Oh, come in. Sit down and listen, Johnny. Sure, sure, Pat. Right ahead. Well, the Rochemont necklace. Part of some old crown jewels or something came over from Paris a few years ago. The whole collection was worth a couple of million dollars. Now so various parts of it were sold to various people in various parts of the country. But the ruby and diamond necklace went to Mrs. Liza Rochemont. Now, she's a wealthy widow living out on the edge of town. Mm-hmm. Except when she was away in Florida, California, Europe, wherever, when she'd put it in a vault at the bank, she kept it in a wall safe at her home. A safe to which she alone has the combination and nobody's ever broken into it. You're sure that? I'm sure. There's an automatic device that would show it. Was well, it she ever wear that priceless hunk of jewelry? Oh, quite often. Which is why she often had it cleaned and the stones checked in the setting. Cool. So, a couple of days ago, she handed it over to that jeweler in the new building just across the square there. there you see the shop? Mm-hmm. Parker? Mm hmm. Peyton Parker. Uh, seems to me she'd pick one of the big ones, one of the old-time firms, or uh, send it down to New York to Tiffany's, a Cartier, or someone like that. After all, well, thing that's is... exactly what her insurance man, Tim Pringle, uh, you know him, Surety Mutual. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, Tim told her this morning when he found out what's happened. What's happened? Clayton Parker called her up in the middle of the night, and then barged in on her, looking like he'd seen a ghost or two. He laid the necklace in her lap and promptly fainted away. Parker? Parker. And when he came to, with the help of a little brandy, he shakily told her that her necklace, instead of the genuine article worth over 300 Gs, was paste, was a fake. You are kidding. No. She took it over to Wilson Brothers, regular dealers. They told her Parker was right, so she fainted. Well, now, look. Well, as she came to, she notified Tim Pringle. He notified me. I called you. That is, after I took time out for a little thinking about it. Yeah. A Universal Adjustment Bureau serves a lot of companies all over the country. I know. We get reports on every client company's problems. So... Well, something rang a bell. I went through the file. Johnny, this very same kind of thing happened back in 56 out in Chicago, down in Philadelphia. That was in 59. And in each case, the jeweler who discovered the switch answered the description of Mr. Clayton W. Parker. Oh, oh, oh. Has anybody been through Parker's shop? Uh, well, now, Johnny, we've got a little problem there. Problem? Like what? Well, if Tim Prickle openly six the police or even a private investigator on the park. Well, um, yeah, I see what you
1: mean.
0: Now, if Tim were to pull a booboo, make a wrong charge against his own new client. So, what am I supposed to do? Bust into Parker's shop some dark night, blow his safe, maybe? Well, Johnny, uh, he does not have a burglar alarm in that little shop of his nor on the safe inside. So what? And it is easily accessible from a dark alley out in
1: the back. Oh, the no, 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 no. Oh, wait a minute. Well, are
0: you... Are you asking
1: me? Are you oh, suggesting of course I... not,
0: Johnny. I'm not asking a thing. What kind of a company do you think this is? Well, well don't be 100. ridiculous. However, if somebody were to find the genuine necklace in Parker's safe, someone that is unknown to us, I, uh, Ooh. What did you say your name is? I didn't. Ooh. And yours? What's oh, it to you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Item two, a hundred bucks to a man named Fingers J. Mc. But let's leave his last name out of this. I may have use for his delicate touch again sometime. Well, getting into the back of Parker's store that night was a cinch. And Once inside, we could see why he didn't bother with much protection stock was small and most of it was novelty stuff. And he must have been a super salesman to get hold of Mrs. Rochemont's valuable necklace. If it was the real one that he took in for cleaning. While Fingers worked in the old-fashioned safe, I went over to the store with a fine tooth comb, wearing gloves, of course. Ah, no sign of the necklace anywhere, including the safe. So I helped Fingers out of the back window we'd opened, sent him on his way, made a careful check to be sure the place looked the same as it had before, then proceeded to hoist myself out of the window. Ah. Now let's see if I can get this thing closer. Then. Huh? Oh no, oh, now wait a minute. Don't... Yeah. And this will keep you here.
1: Oh. Help! Police! Police!
0: Help! Listen carefully. Get the picture. Timber, needed for thousands upon thousands of new houses, is needlessly destroyed. Watershed supplying vitally needed water for industry and life itself. Wildlife is cruelly killed, their habitats ruined for many years to come. Sorely needed outdoor recreational areas are burned black. Homes are leveled to the ground and human lives destroyed. And what causes this terrible destruction, this tragic loss? It can be as tiny a thing as one paper mat. Ninety percent of our forest fires are caused by people. People who are careless for just one fatal instance with their cigarettes, matches, campfires. Every American, every one of us, man, woman, or child, is a potential firebug. It takes only a moment's carelessness or thoughtlessness to set fire loose in the forest. Let's all observe the simple common sense rules of forest fire protection. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. And now... Act two, Twenty dollars oh, How I managed to get back up on my feet and out of that alley before the police arrived, I'm not quite sure what I somehow did. I ran a couple of blocks through some other alleys and then playing drunk, which wasn't hard after the column. And I grabbed a taxi. At item three, a and a half, I went to my apartment, had a couple of stiff drinks, a couple of aspirins, and soaked my aching head with a wet towel. And after a good night's rest, I was all set to call Pat McCracken and tell him to go jump into the nearest lake. Until I remembered that officially he'd had nothing to do with all this. And then I did some thinking. If what Pat had told me was true, only two people could possibly have substituted a phony for the Rocheman necklace. The wealthy Mrs. Rocheman herself, of course. Uh, this new small-time jeweler, this Clayton Parker. But it wasn't in the store. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe hidden around his home someplace. Well, I could try. In the meantime, hope he hadn't recognized me in that alley. No doubt he'd be in a shop this morning. And if he was married. Hmm. Expense account item four or five dollars for a handful of business cards at the shop for small printer. Item 5, $79.95 for a vacuum cleaner. One of the tank-type jobs with all the accessories. And I managed to grab a stack of literature on it. Item 6, two and a quarter to pawn shop for a beat-up fiber suitcase. The business cards went into my pocket. The vacuum cleaner went into the back seat of my car, which luckily was badly in need of a wash job, but kind of poorly. The accessories and literature went into the suitcase, then into the back also. Then I crossed my fingers and took off.
1: You see that sign over the doorbell? No salesman solicited. Oh, well, of course. Well.
0: But I came in an answer to the coupon you mailed, asking for more information in the uh, free demonstration. Coupon? Oh, uh, my, uh, my name is... What uh, is my car. Now, look.
1: No obligation see. to buy, you know. None whatsoever. Yeah, ma'am. Look, this is some kind of... James Dakin, sales engineer. And a national vacuum cleaner, sir. Yes, ma'am. What's a tail engineer. <laughs> uh,
0: you really want to know? Huh?
1: Uh-huh. Well,
0: it's it's just a glorified name for an ordinary salesman. Well,
1: ah, you're yeah, a pretty glorified kind of guy. to have to be going around pounding doorbells, Jimmy. Well,
0: I've got to
1: make a living. <laughs> yes, you do all right, too. A beautiful, lonesome, long-suffering housewife. See a good-looking guy like you at the door. and Pop off to work somewhere, me do
0: all right. Oh, oh, now, wait a minute. Huh? Uh, you should see some lonely housewives you're talking about. Uh, no makeup hair still up in curlers, a pair of dirty bedroom slippers chewed up by family pets. What? Yeah, uh, and all decked out in a sloppy housecoat, an old apron full of soap suds from the breakfast. Dishes.
1: Oh, oh, what a picture. Yeah, and maybe even kind of hung
0: over from the night before. Oh,
1: you mean that's what you usually run
0: into? Oh, run away from. Are you cute, silly? And, uh, that's why it's such a relief to be met by somebody like you. I mean, uh, well, that is. Well?
1: Hmm? Ah,
0: I'm I'm sorry. I, I mean, well, I, I mean, I brought the cleaner around to give you the demonstration you asked for when you sent in the coupon. Are
1: you kidding, Jimmy? I didn't send in any coupon.
0: Oh, but you must have. Whoa. Would you like me to go get my list out of the car? Uh-uh. Because if you hadn't sent in the coupon, and I, I wouldn't... i
1: hate to do you out of permission. But I sure don't need to buy another vacuum. I'm sorry. Uh, Good luck. But I
0: wasn't going to send you one. What? Oh, no. No, no. Uh, they're, they're sold only in the stores. I, I simply get paid for the free home demonstration. Oh? So just let me come in and show you how it works, huh? Then you can fill out the card saying you have had a demonstration and... Oh, listen, Mr. Parker. Yes,
1: my name's Gloria.
0: Well, look, things... Well, things have been kind of tough. And if I... If I owe my quota this week... Well, well, look, I'll do the whole house for you. And no obligation. No obligation whatsoever. Well,
1: Mrs. Parker... if my husband should ever know that I... He doesn't like people in here while he's out. Well... Oh, come on in. After all, if you have to work so hard... Maybe you could use a little drink,
0: huh? Come on. Just to make the demonstration. Uh, come on in. Oh, now just a minute. I'm a man of high principles. I had a job. Which is to say that as soon as I got inside, I unpacked the equipment, hooked it up, and went to work vacuum cleaning the whole house. And I'll tell you this: I should have studied the directions a little more carefully uh, before trying this crazy stunt, or maybe made a few practice swings through my own apartment. Now, modern appliances notwithstanding, I now have a great deal of sympathy for the American housewife. I mean, that living room was huge, and so was the dining room. But I, uh, I didn't want to be obvious by heading into the study first—the study where her husband's desk would be, and where, if I were lucky, she wouldn't be for a second.
1: Oh, come on, Jimmy. Isn't that
0: enough? No. Nope. got to finish your job. I promise I clean the whole place and I'll do it. Uh, why don't you just sit down and relax and read a book or something?
1: What about that little drink, I promise you? We could have it right here in the den.
0: Hey, look, I know. While you're breaking out the bottle, some oh. ice and soda. Ice and
1: soda?
0: Yes, yeah, suits me fine.
1: Suits me too. See? We have the same taste.
0: Yeah, well, while you're getting it, I'll finish up the study here, then we can sit down and relax a minute before I start. Relax, a huh? What? <laughs> uh, what did you say?
1: Nothing. Hmm? Well, I'll go get the drink. Yeah. Still
0: keeping the vacuum cleaner going, I made a dive for the desk. Top drawer and two on the side had only the usual junk in them. But the third one down had a small lock on it. By stepping on the handle, I was able to spring it. And there inside, in a small black metal box. Yeah, the Rochema necklace. And even my untrained eyes told me this was no fake. But I couldn't very well leave it there. And what if Gloria Parker knew about this? What if she suspected that my lousy cleaning job was just an excuse? Oh, that phone right there, and that just nearly scared me out of a year's roof. But it was the only phone in the house. Oh. No, a quick and ring Yeah, she must have picked up an extension. And I gave me time to close the drawer again and finish up my cleaning job before she came back into the study. But when she did, instead of a couple of drinks in a hand, she carried one of those interesting little devices made out of blue steel.
1: Okay, baby, that's enough. Ah. Huh? That's right. Now, why don't you just put up your hands over your head? Johnny. Johnny? That's right. Johnny
0: Duff. Are you one of those people who are always on the go? Like you, our CBS newsmen are on the move all the time, too. Always in the direction of the biggest news developments of the day. Their own busy schedules give them a practical understanding of the value listeners put upon their services. They know you rely on them for accuracy at all times. And they have a first-hand appreciation of the importance of clarity and brevity as well. That all of these standards are kept in mind by our highly skilled, highly experienced newsmen is demonstrated over and over again in the news broadcasts you hear on CBS radio. The busier you are, the more you'll appreciate the efforts of our CBS news staff. These men offer you a direct link with history day by day. But more than that, they do their job with full regard for your busy schedule. They keep you fully informed with no waste of time, no waste of words. For accuracy, brevity, and clarity in news reports, for news at frequent intervals at the most convenient times, keep tuned to CBS Radio every day. Now, Act Three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the Super Salesman Matter.
1: making like a vacuum cleaner
0: salesman to get in here.
1: Now, why don't you put that thing down? Oh, no. But you should have been smarter and listened in when the phone rang, Johnny. That was Clayton, my husband. Thought you might come here.
0: You call me Johnny, Mrs. Parker. That's
1: right. Johnny Dollar, the famous dick. You stupid. You think Clay didn't recognize you when he found out you'd broke into his store last night?
0: Then why didn't the police pick me up this morning?
1: You think he's dumb? police find out you were checking on him, they might think he had something to do with that phony necklace that... Well, that...
0: That what, Mrs.
1: Parker? Uh, you know, that rich Mrs. Rochemont tried to pass on to him for cleaning. <laughs> she didn't know it was a phony.
0: Is that his story? Anybody
1: going to prove otherwise? Maybe. Oh, no, maybe, Johnny. But if you've got some crazy ideas, well, I don't think anybody's going to hear them. Because when Clay gets here... I did. Um, what? What if I have some proof? You don't give me any of that type, huh? No, a Maybe while I was out there in the... Don't move. Now, What? you've got no proof of anything. All right, now listen.
0: Put down that gun for a minute, oh, let me no, tell you... you
1: don't. And if you don't think I won't use it, you better look up my record. Gloria... Uh... Shut up! You,
0: well, you realize what you're letting
1: yourself in for, don't you? You realize what you've already got yourself in for, Johnny boy? Now, sit down. Go on, sit down there. Sure. And while you're waiting, Johnny, maybe you'd better pray.
0: Good work, Lori.
1: Sure, case. Okay. Cups are leading in the sheep to the slaughter. But why'd you let him in here
0: in the first place? Even if you didn't know who he was. Are you kidding? What do you mean, Dolly? Well, if you could have seen the open arm welcome I got on the strength of batting my nice brown eyes that are a couple of times. Huh? Sure. You don't keep very close tabs on her when you're out of the house, do you, Parker? So
1: listen to him, Clay. He's lying. He's trying to trick you, make you drop your guard.
0: That's right. And it won't work, Dolly. <laughs> I'm okay, I tried. So, now you can call in the police to pick me up, the police. <laughs> don't make me laugh. Why do you think I didn't call them in last night? Because they don't know you're on this case. You sure of that? You trying to tell me they'd go for breaking and entering my shop, they or that insurance company of yours, in the hopes that maybe you'd find that uh, pretty little necklace? A necklace?
1: It's all right, Clay. The drawer's still
0: locked. Yeah. Yeah, I see. So you admit that you substituted that pony. Well, keep that gun on him, Glory, while I make sure it's still okay.
1: <laughs> Don't worry. He doesn't have a chance to look for it. Even if he'd known where to look. Up until you called, I kept him busy. I kept the great Johnny Dollar busy pushing a vet. No! It isn't
0: here! All right, Dollar. Where is it? Give me the gun, Glory. Sure. Now, frisk him.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Well? Well, has he got it? Um, would you like me to strip for you? Shut up. Perfectly willing. Shut up! Not
1: on him. Is anybody else in this house? No, Clay. And I only left him alone in
0: this room here for... Here, And shoot him down if he makes one move. Don't
1: worry.
0: He turned the room upside down, looked in and around and under everything. Even outside the windows. He made me stripped of my shorts and went through every inch of my claws. Nothing. It isn't here. <laughs> Glory, are you sure?
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: Well, then, if you don't mind, uh-huh. I'll get dressed and leave you two to figure out what might have happened. Dollar, you don't leave this room alive.
1: That's right, Clay. Kill him. Yeah.
0: Now, Dollar. Parker? Yeah. Now. Clay! <laughs> yeah, well, they don't get. Oh. Hey! hey. 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 hey was a nice shot, Lieutenant. Johnny, you okay? Oh, sure, Pat. Oh, and thank you, Lieutenant. Only Pat. Yes, Johnny? Why? Well, when you didn't report to me that you'd found that uh, uh, that thing and his, his, well, in wherever you were last night. Uh, um, please go on. <laughs> yes. Well, when I saw Parker from my office window, they saw him tear out of a shop a few minutes ago and burn rubber heading out in this direction. Obvious. So? So, thanks. Yes, thank God. And uh, would you like to see the necklace? Somewhere inside this vacuum cleaner I didn't sell. Parker is dead. His wife yammered all over the place in the hope of getting off easy. Optimist. So that's that. Expense account total $189.95. Oh, and by all means, don't forget my commission on something over $320,000. Yours truly, Sunny Dollar.